The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 138. According to a study done by the New World Encyclopedia, there are currently 30 to 40 million nomads living in the world today. Does this figure include travel bloggers? Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today, for the first time in Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast history, we are rocking three separate microphones, and that's because I'm joined today by two guests, my wife, Heather. Hey, everyone. And my good buddy, Jason Moore. What's up? We're actually sitting around a square table, and this is a bit of a roundtable discussion. I don't know. I don't know where is to go. Is that going to offset the flow or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Someone go buy a roundtable quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we did a three-person episode that has gotten more positive feedback than probably any other episode that we've done before, and that was when Jason interviewed Heather and I on our relationship on the road, and we really appreciate the feedback we've gotten from that because people were just happy that we opened up, you know, we were just honest about what our relationship was like, and it's not always easy, and we talked about some things that maybe people don't usually talk about, so if you were one of those people who emailed us or sent us a Twitter message or just put a comment on the post and, you know, we're supportive, thank you for that, we hope that it helped you out. So we've decided that since we're all still together in this house in Ocean City, New Jersey, <laughs> we're always here. Living it up. <laughs> the OC lair style. in Ocean City, New Jersey. Welcome to my underground lair. <laughs> yeah, we decided we're all together. We might as well do, again, a three-person kind of roundtable discussion. Jason's not going to be interviewing us. Instead, we're all just going to kind of talk about our own experiences here. And we're going to talk about a subject that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. And that is travel burnout, because over the last year, I think all three of us have felt that at different times. So we've stepped it up to microphones this time, so we all have our own mic. So guys, feel free to cut each other off whenever you feel like it now. Oh, boy. Well, before we get into this, I do have to say that I'm already jonesing for a part two on this relationship episode, <laughs> so I can't wait to dig up some more dirt and have some more fun with you guys. Maybe we have to let a little time pass, maybe hit a few more new places, and maybe you'll come back with some more stories. So in essence, we need uh, we need to have some more fights so that we have some more ammunition now when we do the <laughs> it part was two. super fun. Well, that's inevitable. It was super fun. So thank you guys for joining us today. Also, today's episode is sponsored by our good friends at Tortuga Backpacks. All three of us travel with just a carry-on, what would you say, 90% of the time when we travel? As much as possible. Yeah. And I would say that I love it. Everyone who listens knows that I love just traveling with only a carry-on. What about you guys? Traveling with a carry-on, does it make travel easier? Is it worth it? It I mean, a thousand times easier. Yeah, I mean, it makes packing more challenging, but it makes the day-to-day travel a lot easier because you're not breaking your back carrying all this stuff that you might not even need. Traveling lighter is always better. And even though the packing is more challenging, I always find that 
you know, you're almost always you still have brought too much. You know, you're still like, oh, I brought this thing and I didn't need it, even though I was having a hard time packing in this small bag. So, yeah. So we always pack in a carry on. It's kind of a lifestyle choice for us. It does make it hard in the beginning, but it's so much better when you're actually on your trip. If you guys are interested in doing that, we've done a ton of podcasts and posts on that on how to do it and our exact packing list. You can check them out. But if you are interested in getting a backpack that is the largest legal carry-on size out there, I love my Tortuga backpack. You can go to tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, get 10% off your order. So the question we're answering, trying to answer today, basically, it's like a therapy session for this question. How much travel is too much travel. And I want to preface it just by saying we are not asking for anyone's pity or anyone's sympathy. We're not complaining. We're not complaining. We don't want to see someone doing that I'm playing you the world's smallest violin (laughs) thing that people do. But I think a lot of people, especially people who travel quite a bit, will be able to relate to this. And when we sat down and started talking about it off the podcast earlier, we realized that we all kind of came to some similar conclusions and had some similar feelings. So we decided to do a podcast about it. So I just want you guys to kind of start with some personal experiences of when you may have felt that you were just traveling too much and that you were away from home and that you just wanted to get quote unquote home again. Well, I know for us, for both Travis and I, when we traveled this past year in January and February, and then all of of April and May, we were like just getting really tired and kind of burnt out. And we traveled so quickly, went to a bunch of countries, you know, in just a few short months that when we finally got back to the States in June, we decided to skip our trip to Brazil, which we never thought we would have ever done. I mean, we've never even been to Brazil. Travis wanted to go for the World Cup, but we just felt really burnt out and overwhelmed. And there were some events we wanted to attend at home. And because we could get our our miles back into our account. If we canceled early enough, we just decided to cancel that whole trip. And that was kind of a big moment in our life, wasn't it, Trav? In the first five months of 2014, we had probably been home in the Philadelphia area maybe one month total, maybe even a little less. So about one fifth of the time. And I never in my wildest dreams imagined that I would cancel a trip to Brazil to go see the World Cup. That was a dream trip to me. But I just got back and I thought, I can't do this. We had our friends in Philadelphia from June 1st to June 10th, and I was supposed to leave June 11th. Originally, both Heather and I were supposed to leave, and then Heather was decided not to go before I did. And I was, I mean, that was like such a quick turnaround. We hadn't had any time to be home just by ourselves for four or five months. And so I just thought, I can't do it. I'm going to stay home. And I didn't ever even regret my decision. To this day, I don't regret my decision. Even when my friend who went to the World Cup was like, it was so awesome, this and that. I mean, do I feel a little pang of like, oh, that would have been cool? Yeah, but I don't regret it at all. I know it was the right decision. I need to frame this up a little bit because it's a big question. And for me, I think we're talking about, it's not when traveling is a thing you do for me, but it's when it's your daily existence, right? So it's actually your life. It's not like... That's when I get burned out, I think, because if I'm just taking a two-week trip somewhere, I guess if I'm doing that multiple times, but oftentimes for me, it's more like, so when I finished college, I was on the road for over 10 years and I didn't have a home. So my life was on the road. So I don't know if you consider that traveling or just your regular life. You know what I mean? But when traveling becomes your regular life, 
you know, sometimes you just get tired because life can beat you down sometimes and you need a little pick me up for whatever reason. And then you throw in the traveling and into the mix and that adds another element. And then also on the flip side, when you're traveling long term like that, it can just burn you out because you don't have any stability, you know, and your your daily life is completely random, which is the thing I love the most about traveling, which is why I like wandering and going to places because it's like being a kid all the time, you know, but sometimes it's nice just to be able to wake up and like go to your favorite cafe and have a coffee. So I find that you start and we'll give some tips later that we can talk about. But uh, I think that's when I've been burnt out the most is when I wouldn't say I've been on vacation too long, but I've just been traveling and living my life on the road for too long. And what's crazy about all this is all the positive things that we love about travel then become some of the negative things when you do start to get burnout. So it's almost like everything that you love about traveling, you love the unpredictability, you love your senses being on high alert, you love not knowing what's going to happen. All that is why we love travel, but then it also becomes tough if it happens too long. And I think that we've all experienced that. Has there been other times where you've kind of got to this travel burnout stage? And again, people listening who just go on a vacation every you know, two weeks out of a year, you're probably not going to get to this. But I know there's a lot of people listening who do travel fairly frequently. Maybe you're even a road warrior who's traveling a lot for work and you know what we're talking about. Maybe you're someone who's on a year-long trip and it's starting to wear on you. Or maybe you're someone who's just location-dependent digital nomad and you're constantly traveling. But you guys as well. So you were on the road for 10 years, Jason. That had to get wearing. Were there specific times that you can remember where you just thought, man, I wish I was somewhere for a much longer time? I wish I had a home base, a home. Uh, I mean, so many times that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't point to one or two. I mean, it's just, I think it's a natural thing if you've been wandering for a long time or you're living without a home or you're really traveling long term. It's, you're just going to have days where you just kind of wish you could just wake up and do something normal or have a routine, you know, or I love to play volleyball when I live somewhere. So if I have three months in a place, I can join a volleyball league, for example, or like find a beach volleyball court and meet some friends and play. It's really hard to do stuff like that. So it can be very solitary and you're just spending time with the people that you're with, which is obviously beautiful. And you can listen to Relationship Road if you want to, or the relationship episode, I should say, if you want to hear about life on the road as a couple. But when you're traveling, whether it's solo or with somebody else or with multiple people, your social life is very, it's a small circle. And then it's who you meet and bring in randomly. So, you know, you're not going to have those situations where, you get together with familiar faces and friends and that missing that level of familiarity can make the road difficult. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, the hardest part for me when we travel is just that not having our close community that we have in Philadelphia, you know, our support system. We miss that a lot in the road and we meet lots of great people and other, you know, digital nomads and things like that. But somehow it's just not exactly the same as just being able to drive over to a friend's house, you know. Like go see napkins. Yeah, go see napkins. napkins. Those things are important to us. And when we're on the road, we're we're missing out on those aspects. Yeah, so Jace, you mentioned joining a volleyball league, but what about a skee-ball league? Because you have to get your game up by the next time we come back to Ocean City, New Jersey. Yeah, listen, that was 10 games... I, I still have a chance at the next title. I'm throwing daggers here already. There was another time that I can remember that 
I mean, the, the Brazil one was the first time I ever felt like that. And just so you all know, I mean, maybe you've noticed this about Travis, but he has a really difficult time making decisions. And he agonized over agonized. whether or not he should go on this trip. And I mean, it was literally days before he was supposed to leave where he was like, we were sitting close to New York City where we'd have to go in and get his visa. We just dropped our friends off at, at JFK. And he's like, should I drive into the city and get my visa for Brazil or should we just go home? I mean, it was agonizing. I can relate to this. I mean, and you mentioned specific examples. So I will give you a couple recent ones. As excited as I was to go to Nepal and go trekking, I was with my wife, who's Norwegian, and we were in this cozy cabin in Norway. And this is just amazing place in rural Norway, north of Oslo. Her mom lives across the streets. So we're visiting family. Her dad has a farm down the road. And every night, her mom was making these incredible dinners. So we're just in this cozy cabin. We're going. We're having these amazing meals. I mean, you could listen to some of the podcasts if you want to catch the vibe of what it's like to spend the holidays in Norway. It's just very quaint and cozy. But anyway, before the holidays, we were going to Nepal and... We were starting to plan the trip like a day or two before we left, really. We were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants a little bit. Then we once on the we got on the ground, we really hit it hard. But, you know, we were cozy. We were comfortable. We were waking up. We knew going to a third world country, you know, you're going to have certain challenges that you don't have when you're at home. So you kind of mentally prepare of like, okay, it's going to be the rigors of hiking in the mountains and staying in dirty places and going to the bathroom and squat toilets. And, and are you up for it? Not being able to drink the water. And, you know, it's all this stuff where that's why you go because it's the adventure. And, and the reason why I love to go is because it's traveling. I mean, it's humbling in so many ways. It's a great reminder of gratitude and the things that you have. And I love learning about new cultures and Nepal's always want to visit. So super excited to go. But there was a little like... Uh, like we've been running around so much and we're here and it's super comfortable and everything's easy and it's clean and we're getting these amazing meals. Like why are we it doing It was hard this to pull yourself away yeah, like, from why a are we content doing this, situation. Why are we doing this trip right now? But that was, I guess, the the whole point, you know, when I think back is we were too content, you know? We needed like the, we needed to get in there and be like, all right, let's challenge ourselves in some way so after we got there and got the travel buzz and you know it was it was great fun and it was just an amazing life experience and i i'm so happy i went but there were those pangs of sort of not regret but just like i don't know do we need to do this right now i'm feeling a little burnt out just because we've been running around so much yeah i think we've felt a little bit gun shy too we've made these plans so we have made plans for 2015 now and to fill you guys in a little bit so you know what's what's going on we will be going to Boulder to visit Jason here in the next week. So we'll be in Boulder for a week. We're leaving right from there to go to Istanbul for three days, Burma for three weeks, a month around Southeast Asia. Then in April, we'll be in Japan. And then in May and June, I'm hoping to elliptic go across the country. So that takes us to July, where then we're probably going to be in a conference in Portland. And I'm tired already. Me too. We have some things going on on the West Coast in July. August, nothing yet. And then September, we've already booked tickets to South Africa. And so is that... I don't know how this happened because we thought 2014 was going to be our year of travel and 2015 was going to be the year of settling down. And somehow this just happened. And <laughs> so is it a bad thing? No, but I'm feeling like you felt, Jace, with the idea of 
just a little gunshot. Like, why are we going? And so we actually were supposed to, at this point right now, not be in Ocean City, New Jersey. We were supposed to be in Turkey. And we pushed our tickets back two weeks so that we're only now going to spend three days in Turkey, just in Istanbul, because we wanted to be home longer. And what was interesting for me is... I originally never even wanted to leave Bali when we left in December. Oh, really? And Heather wanted to come home (laughs) for the holidays. And we came home for the holidays. And I thought a month was going to be too long. And now we pushed it back so that we're actually home in the US for a month and a half. And I was, we both wanted to do it, but I was the one like, should we change? Should we go later? And that's one of the beauties of using frequent fire miles, I should add, is that you can change. It's not the flexibility there. Yeah, not too expensive. But it, it's a weird feeling because I've never said I want to stay home instead of going traveling. This was the very first time other than that time in Brazil. You know, and I, again, I'm very happy that I did it, but it's hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around the fact that I'm doing that. Well, when it's hard for you to wrap your mind around it, just think of the next seven months and that'll help you, you know, not feel too anxious since we won't be home really at all. <laughs> well, going back to the small <laughs> violin thing that you talked about, <laughs> it's a lot different if you're going somewhere and you're going to go on vacation for three weeks and you're not doing anything. That's a totally different experience. When you're traveling for seven months the way you guys are, you know there's going to be ups and downs. And I think that's why it can be a little intimidating or you can get burnt out. And I totally feel you on that because you know you're not going to be like... Usually if you go on a, on, a, on a, even like a month long trip and you have nothing to do, you've cleared your work schedule, you've off, you're going to be on a high almost all the time. But when you're working, living your life and traveling at the same time, it's going to go up and down. It's just inevitable. And the down days on the road can be a little tougher, I think, because it seems like it could be easier at home. But then again, when you think about it, is it? I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about the down days and the high days on the road versus home because we are huge proponents of travel. And so I don't want this podcast to come across at all as us telling you, don't travel. In essence, what we want it to come across is like, be appreciative of of when you are home. And if you are feeling this, and we'll kind of give our takeaways at the end, but if you are feeling this burnout, and if you do travel a lot, listen to yourself. Maybe it's the right decision to stay home. Maybe you don't have to be in your head crazy like I am. Like, I can't believe we're giving up a chance to do this. You know, listen to what you want. But the down days on the road, I think you're right, are are tougher because at home, when you have bad days, when things aren't just going right, you know there is some stabilizing force there probably, whether it's just an apartment to come back to or just the fact that you can go to your grocery store and understand what fish to buy or whatever. Everything's easier. Yeah, you can be on autopilot. You can shut your mind off. And when you're on the road, you can't. Right. And so on the road, sometimes the lows are really low. But on the other hand, the highs are really high. And it's funny because I wrote a post about this when we were in Italy. And it was kind of just like a day in the life of of us, of Travis and Heather. And I, I touched on this a little bit in that post that sometimes when we're traveling, you know, we, we do get burnt out and we don't have all the comforts of home. And if you have a bad day at work when you're at home, you just go home and you have your same comfortable space where you feel safe and you know, love. You can turn on Netflix. You can turn right. on the TV and just watch whatever's on Lifetime on rerun. Maybe I wouldn't watch Lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know we'll have to ask ES- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the point of that blog post was that, yeah, sometimes it is really hard, but then you think about the experiences that you're having and it makes up for it because you're experiencing something that you could never experience in suburban Philadelphia, you know. I think you nailed it with three words, Heather. Everything is easier. 
And because of that, it's some it's easier to stay home, of course. And then, the, like you said, the flip side of that coin is it gets to a point where, I don't know, as a traveler, I feel like, okay, I need to get out and challenge myself again, even though I don't want to. So it's like the Nepal example, even though it seemed like I was burnt out and I shouldn't do it. And part of me was like, oh, it would be nice to just stick around. But I also knew like I needed to push myself and go to get over that. So it's... It was cool for it's me. It's not an easy subject. There's, it was there's cool. no right or wrong no, answer or right exactly or wrong way. Right. It was cool for me seeing it from the, other, from the other side because Jason and I had been talking quite a bit because we were working on projects together and things like that. And before you went, you kept saying, I'm so nervous and I'm trying to get all this work done. And I, I, I feel right now the exact same way that you felt then because we're getting ready to go to Istanbul and Burma. I mean, places without internet. I know I'm not going to be able to work a lot. I know that's going to be good for me, but I also am stressed out about that. So I would see you doing that. And then you went away and we weren't in contact for a month or month and a half. I'd get the occasional text message like from your picture, which was great. And then you came back and it was so cool to see how excited you were that you were able to pull it off. Like you came back and you just thought, the world didn't fall apart. It was awesome. And and you knew you needed it before you did it, but it was hard to rationalize in your head. Then you came back and you were like, this is this was amazing. Like this was better than I could have expected. So it was cool to see it from your side because I know I'm gonna come out on the other side after that, also being excited. Yeah. We talked about this model, especially with what we're doing is working from the road and being location independent and everything like that, is separating times out where you're not doing anything. You're on a digital sabbatical or whatever you want to call it. We did an episode on that. But when you're just more focused on just the travel, pure travel experience, and you guys are going to Burma and you're going to have three weeks there, and I, I hope for you guys, and I think that you will have that there, maybe by force because maybe the internet's not as good or I, I don't actually know. But you know, I think it's good to hash out some of these times where you just don't have to deal with the work part and you can just travel and enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's an important, you know, idea. We were in Thailand and we met up with one of Travis's friends. And Jason's friend. And, and, Jason's and friend. Heather's friend And my now. friend now, but it was the first time I met him. And he was just saying how he doesn't really travel and work. What he does is he works really hard for like a month or two months or whatever. And then he will travel and not work for three weeks or a month. Yeah. And it's Dave Dean. Some of you may know him from too many adapters.com. And it's interesting. He said, we were all like, wow, that's, seems like an epiphany like that's that's yeah, a great wow. idea <laughs> we knew it but you saying it makes it real to us and he said yeah what well, only took me about 14 years of doing this to figure it out <laughs> yeah. so and you know this last trip that travis and i took when we went to southeast asia it was really the first time that we were like gonna work really hard and travel really hard at the same time and we kind of realized pretty quickly it's not very sustainable so when dave dean said that i was like hmm that makes a lot of sense to me even though going into that trip i was like yeah we're gonna work and we're gonna travel it's gonna be really cool and easy and fun and then it kind of wasn't (laughs) yeah it wasn't that hit the nail on the head so if, if we're a doctor here if we're playing doctor and we're trying to diagnose someone who might be burnout or who might have been who might be traveling too much or, or traveling too quickly. What does it look like when you started feeling this travel burnout? What what type of feelings were you having? How did you know it was happening? Was it a sudden breakdown like I need to get home or 
was stuff just kind of creeping in? Because I know I felt a certain way, but I want to hear from you guys. Well, I have to say it kind of creeps in on me. I don't, it doesn't happen all of a sudden. It, you know, I start to not feel like getting out and exploring. I just kind of want to not do anything. And I also, you know, sometimes I start just taking for granted that we're even in a really cool place. Like when we were in. That's the exact thing that I was thinking. You just take it for granted. Like here we are sitting in Bali. And I mean, it was really rainy and that really inhibited what we could do. But I was just like, why are we sitting here working and not going out and exploring Bali? We might as well just go home and work because it'll be easier. Yeah. When you start taking it for granted, I I, I felt myself doing that. And it's hard because when you travel a lot, naturally, things aren't as spectacular all the time because it you have seen a lot of things. And that's okay. And that's going to happen. Nothing's going to be the same as your first trip to a certain area, or your first experience doing this, or your first experience doing that. That makes sense. But yeah, you kind of get in this like malaise of, oh yeah, it's cool. But like, and, and then where you are becomes day to day and you kind of can go on autopilot. And that's when I know that I have been traveling too much or or that I just need to change something. Maybe it's not that I have to stop traveling, but maybe it's that I have to slow down yeah. or maybe that's I have to go somewhere else or maybe it's that I have to stop working and only travel, just whatever it is. give yourself a little reality check kind of. Yeah. I mean, I know we're going to provide some tips. One I'm thinking of right now, just to stem off of what you said is because I can, I can relate to that when you've been traveling so much. It's yeah, you're, you get enthusiastic about different things, but also you're living your life on the road. It's super exciting, but you have those down days as well. And I think one of the things you can do, it would, certainly we've done, and maybe it's a little bit of a biased opinion because we're all in the, in the travel space. We have travel podcasts and travel blogs, but it's whatever it is that you do, you know, you build in or, or you incorporate some creative elements or some different hobbies or interests of yours into your travel life. So if you're like getting burnt out on travel, one thing you could do is like, say you always wanted to learn a stringed instrument or something. Well, you could go buy a ukulele and I'm going to play you the world's smallest violin yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, start playing the world's smallest violin, start playing the ukulele and you have a new hobby that you can kind of focus on to, to do or for us, you know, it's podcasting and capturing the travel experience and sharing with you is something we're really passionate about. So when I went to Nepal, I mean, one of the driving forces was that I was very excited that I could record a bunch of audio and share it with people, which I still have to go through 85 sound files and (laughs) compile in an organized way. So it's good. And that's coming soon. But in the meantime, (laughs) if you want to check out that podcast, (laughs) but in the meantime, you know, just incorporate some hobbies or interests. I think that can really help if you're spending a lot of time on the road. And can I throw in another tip here? Let's go into the tips. I think by this point, a lot of people, if if they heard what we're saying, they resonate with it if they felt that. You kind of know. So let yeah, let's go into the tips for when you are feeling burnout or you're just feeling like it's too much. What are some things you can do to combat this travel burnout or just to enjoy traveling again? Yeah, hit it, Jason. You said you had another one. Yeah, I mean, I have a few here and we can go point by point and talk about them. One thing I would just say is it's okay to be sad. You know, it's it's not a crime to be sad. No, I don't want to get into a therapy session here, but it's okay to have a down day. I mean, just sit with it, like be depressed. Don't be like extra depressed and mad at yourself because you're in Costa Rica and you're 
you know, sitting at a bar and having a beer and looking at a volcano and you're like, wow, why am I depressed? I, why shouldn't be? Cause I'm here, you know? Well, we and then have... it like spirals further and further right. because why I am mean, I depressed? Now I'm depressed that I don't know why I'm depressed. Yeah. And, so and you're on. like, I shouldn't be this way because I'm in this location. You know, listen, a lot of things happen in life. So it's, it's no matter where you are, you're still you and there's still things that happen and things you deal with no matter what your physical location is. And I think, you know, if it becomes a pattern, then you have to take a deeper look. I'm sorry, I'm getting, I don't know if this is <laughs> really too deep, really deep. But. I'm going to, I'm going to lay down on the couch now. <laughs> but I mean, I just think it's, I, I guess the point is it's, you know, it's don't okay. beat yourself up because you have an off. Yeah. Day. Well, I think the, the point is that you need to listen to yourself and listen to your body. And if you're having a day where you just need some downtime, that's okay. You know, you go on a trip, even if it's a two week trip, a 10 day trip, a three month trip, there's going to be a time where maybe you just feel too jet lagged or you feel whatever. I mean, I know when we got to Tuscany, we've been traveling most of 2014 and we got to Tuscany in the you know middle of, of October and it was beautiful. And the first couple of days there, I didn't really want to do anything. There was one day where I was like, Travis was kind of antsy and I was like, no, I'm going to stay in bed with the doors open, looking over this gorgeous Tuscan countryside and read my book the entire day. Yeah. Long. And I did. And, you know, <laughs> Travis finally caught on that, you know, I wasn't really going to do anything else. And um, it was okay because after that, I just felt really rested. And sometimes when you're on the road, you need a day like that, especially if you're on the road for a really long time, because you're not getting those Saturdays where you just stay in your pajamas until, you know, it's time for bed again. Person, <laughs> do people do that? <laughs> the person who really hit this point home to me, the first time I realized that it was okay to travel or to be traveling and take a day to just do something that you want to do, whether that's reading or playing your Nintendo DS in this person's case, is the man that Jason is very excited to hopefully meet one day. And that is our good buddy, Napkins. Dave Atkins. We traveled. It's Napkins to the world now. We traveled with Napkins to China and he had a little bit of a rough time there and he'll admit it. It it was the first time he was out of the country for uh, in 11 years and we threw him into the fire here by going to China. And he just had to take days where he said like, I'm going to sit in this room, I'm going to play my Nintendo DS. It was a, it was also like a 21-day trip. So we weren't only there for like three days. And, you know, at first I was like trying to goad him on. Like, come on, man, get out. Like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to see all this stuff. And he was like, I need to just chill out. And he would do it. And after it happened like twice, I thought, that's really cool that he knows that he has to do it. Because I, I might have thought I had to do that before. And I'd always push myself to do more, even if that wasn't the right decision. So that was the first time where I thought, hey... Take time if you need it. That's such a great tip. If you need it, just do something you enjoy. It might be reading. It might be playing video games. It might be meditating. It might be writing. Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and regular life stuff. Like, you need a day to do your laundry. Just do your laundry, read a book, just your regular life stuff. I think it's great. Feels Yeah, that's a good point. Feels good. Run some errands, you know, don't feel like you got to rush through it. So, I mean, eventually things catch up to you when you're on the road. You got to get stuff done, set aside a day to just do regular life stuff, you know, do your banking, do your, you know, and that just happens to yeah, everybody. But it's, it's good to find a balance yeah. with things. And I think another tip then that, that kind of plays right into that is staying somewhere longer if possible. So not everyone's going to have this flexibility. Some people are going on a vacation. But if you are someone who has the ability to travel in the way that you want and kind of make your own rules and you're working from the road, or even if you're just traveling long term, 
if you travel longer in a place, a lot of these travel burnout things won't happen as much because you are kind of building a little bit of a home base then. You know, you're staying somewhere for two, three weeks. So if you take a day, you probably don't feel as guilty. You know, I always felt guilty if I didn't do everything I could do in that one day in that city. But if I'm there for three weeks, all of a sudden, I don't have to feel guilty. Well, and the fact remains that there's an entire world out there to see. It's impossible, literally impossible to see everything and do everything. Literally. Literally. So you might as well just cut yourself some slack and enjoy where you are and realize, you know, if I don't get to every hot spot in Italy, then it's okay because yeah. I'm just going to enjoy where I am. you can always go back. And you can always go back. I mean, we went to Italy twice last year. Did I think that was going to happen? No. <laughs> yeah, you may not think this by just hearing where we're going in 2015, but at the end of 2014, we said after we took decided not to take that trip to Brazil, I, I made kind of a, a goal to myself. And I said to Heather, every time that we have a decision whether to travel faster or slower, let's try to pick the decision to travel slower and see how that goes. And so the perfect point was we went to Tuscany for two and a half weeks and I kind of got in that mode of, yeah, we rented this farmhouse in Tuscany for two weeks, but why don't we just like pop over to Slovenia? And you know, pop we could, over we to could Slovenia. Go, we could go Can right down to that? Rome and, and Rome was great. Let's go to that pizza place in Rome. And I just got, you know, my mind was like, we're so close to everything. Let's go. And Heather's like, remember what you said. <laughs> and so we did not, le- we stayed in that farmhouse for two weeks. Of course, we took like little day trips, but we always came back at the end of the night. We did every night in that place. There were days where we, as Heather mentioned, we did nothing or we just took a drive at the, rem- you know, the towns around and we went out a little bit and, and we did that. And then we did that in Thailand. We, we got to Thailand and we had a month in Thailand. We had a one month visa. And we originally were going to stay in Chiang Mai for four days and four days turned into a month because we just said, we like it. Let's stay. We like it. Let's stay. And we didn't feel that urge or that pull to go somewhere else. Yeah. And one thing you guys are doing as well coming up this year that I think is a really hot tip, I guess, if you're <laughs> Ooh, stressed out on the road. a hot tip from Travis and Heather. Well, someone having- play a drop there, <laughs> like a fire. <laughs> you're having some familiar faces come out and meet you because your family's coming out to visit you. And I think... If you're on the road for a long time, getting friends or family to come meet you in a place really re-energizes you if you've been traveling for a while because you get to share that experience with people who know you and love you and grew up with you and and you're having some family meet you in Southeast Asia. So I think that's a great thing to do too. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I'm so excited. Travis's parents are coming to Thailand. We all have a wedding to go there and we are looking forward to it so much. Out of It's a great point. Out of everything that I mentioned that we had planned, that is by far the thing I'm most excited about is my parents getting to come to Thailand and Cambodia and we get to show them around because like you mentioned, it's a friendly face and you're re-energized because especially if you've been in an area before, you get to show people around. So then it kind of flips it. Like you almost have to be on your game. I mean, you you know, you can't really like, oh, mom and dad, I'm so depressed. We're not going to Angkor Wat today. You know, you have to feel good. And it, and it forces you to. And I, I really like Well, it's also that. you get to share something that really makes you happy and excited with people, the loved ones. And there's something about getting to share that that's special. Well, uh, and their joy kind of comes over to you, right? Yeah. I mean, if they're, even if you're not as excited, maybe you are having a somewhat down day. If you see someone's eyes light up the first time they see Angkor Wat or the first time they're on a beach in Thailand. I would, I would love to experience that with, with somebody in my family or close friends. I'll try to take a picture of uh, my mom P and put it on Instagram <laughs> the first time she sees Angkor Wat. We'll try to snap like a photo of her. Do but that. it's, it's just, 
it's amazing. I think also we you mentioned that, and I think another hot tip that we have here to combat travel burnout. We mentioned traveling longer, but also like renting places that you feel comfortable with, maybe spending a little more money. And we've talked about this in some other episodes and how our travel style has has changed, but maybe spending a little more money on accommodation so that you feel comfortable. Maybe that means renting an apartment versus staying in a hostel or a hotel because you have your own kitchen, you have your own living room, you have your own space so that it is... It feels more like a home. You can cook a meal. Heather's a great cook. So we were oh, staying. In, you're staying in Italy, and she. Got I, the, I'll second that. <laughs> I've had some of Heather's delicious Aww. chili, and she made some great nachos the other night. And so that's just. Mm-hmm. I. That's really nice to to yeah. have an apartment as opposed to a room somewhere. Yeah, that's definitely a true case for us because, you know, we have changed the way that we've traveled. And even this last time in Thailand, when we settled down for a month, we didn't book ahead for a month in an apartment, which I kind of regret. And we stayed for, you know, about two and a half, three weeks in the same place. And our friends had moved to an apartment. And when they left, we took over their apartment. And it was just worlds better. Right. We were in a in a quote unquote resort, but it was a it was one room within a complex. It wasn't an apartment with a kitchen and a living room. Right. So when we had to work, we had no space in there to work. We had to go to a cafe or sit by the pool, which is not a bad thing. I mean, those are cool places to work, but when you don't have a lot of space, you can get burned out much more quickly, I think. Yeah, those are great points. And just to stem off of that, where you're staying in a place for a little bit longer, one thing I like to do, and I'm not even that routine oriented, but it's kind of fun to create little routines for yourself, even in a foreign place. So if you stay in a place for a few weeks, you find a cafe you like, sometimes it's nice to return to that cafe a few times and have that coffee. And then you kind of feel like, oh, you know, I'm getting to see the, the barista every time and making you know, connections. Yeah. You just have like the familiarity of a place and you kind of settle in, even if it's for a short time, because sometimes we were traveling for a long time. I think one of the, I don't know if it's harder. It's just the reality of it is you're you're almost like a ghost passing through these towns, and you're observe you're an observer in a way. You know, you're observing all these people in their lives, but your daily life is you passing through that place, and it's a totally different experience. So sometimes I just feel like I just remember traveling on the road, like living all over the United States, but like just a week in a place, and it's like all these people are living their lives, but I'm just like passing through all the time. You know, so it's like I'm there and I'm gone, and sometimes you just want to feel a little bit more a part of a spot, I guess. Yeah. So instead of being removed from the situation, you you made efforts to ingratiate yourself into the community, even if it was just yeah. for half an hour at a coffee shop. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, you feel hey, like I'm going to find a best friend here and like right. something, I'm going to join a book club and I'm here for a week or anything like that. Yeah, that's totally exactly right. I mean, in Ocean City, New Jersey, we felt that way. We felt a little like outcasts here. In a well, cool we ran way. into the same people a few times. But, but you know, some of them we didn't want to run into. <laughs> since there's only 10 people on this island in the winter, we just hang out with the lady at uh, the convenience store a lot. But, you know, it's great you brought that up because I've been going to Wawa almost every day. It sounds silly. It's just a convenience store, right? But I go there and get my coffee or my Reese's peanut butter eggs or whatever. (laughs) You know, if I go in the morning, I see all the workers standing out there. It's just a little bit of a nice routine. It's like, I'm going to take a walk, go there. I know what it is. It's like, it sounds stupid, but it just feels like a normal, regular life thing. And 
this is my home for the week and I'm just going to be a part of this community. So we went to the local coffee shop. We've been chatting up people around town. I've, Jason yeah, I, tried to interview the girl at the donut shop on, I, I, on the <laughs> mic and she would have none of that. No, I feel like I've lived here long enough to know that I don't want to live here in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> it is such, it's such a great point. What's, what's so funny about it is that the people, you might go to Wawa, the, the convenience store. We say Wawa, it's if you're from the East Coast, you might know, but it's just a really big convenience store around here. But what's interesting is you go to there and they don't know that they're helping you feel more comfortable at all. <laughs> to, to them, no. you're just some stranger, but you feel like you're fitting in. Exactly. So any other tips that you guys have for really kind of combating the travel burnout? Um, We've hit on some. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll rewind just a couple of tips ago when we're talking about bringing family out and familiar faces. Be a part of a community, you know? I mean, if you have a community of people or your friends or whatever, if you're Skyping people, you know, stay in touch with your friends. I mean, I was on the road for a long time, so I would... You have to make extra effort to catch up with your friends and don't begrudge that they're not catching up with you because a lot of times it's not that they don't care about you. This is in my experience. It's just they know you're on the go and you're hard to get a hold of. So I feel like when you're away, people spend less time trying to get in touch because especially when you're overseas or whatever, they're just like, oh, he's in Thailand. Like, how can I get in touch with him? Even though we all have text messaging and it's easy. So I have to make an extra effort to stay in touch with people. But I make that effort because I want to call up my buddy Joe or my buddy Mike or Travis and just hear like what's going on and just have like a regular conversation, even though I might be looking at like the Pantheon in Rome or whatever while I'm having the conversation, which is pretty sweet. But I just want to talk to a buddy, you know? Yeah. Community is really important in your life for support and just to feel, you know, a familiar voice to hear that. Well, you guys must have nicer friends than me because you said it's not that they don't want to stay in contact with you. But I think in my case, they're happy I'm gone. Oh, <laughs> that's not true. No, I think that's a great point, Jace. I think all of those points, traveling slower if you can, bringing family out, renting a place that you can kind of make your own. I mean, yeah, you're not going to change the wallpaper or go painting, but have an apartment or something like that. And I did love your first point of if you are somewhere for a longer time, pick up a hobby or 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 do a hobby that you've been doing at home, try to find a way to do that. Usually there's all types of things, especially if you're in a bigger city. I mean, you can find all types of interesting... Well, some things we've done, just like cooking classes, or you know, you could take an art class at a local museum in Bali. I mean, yoga, everyone's doing yoga. You can you know, meet people that way and just kind of feel more of a part of a place. And I think that's also a nice way to kind of be friends with locals. Like we've taken a cooking class now in Thailand twice and the and we took it with the same lady the second time because we took a cooking class with her. She was really nice and we talked to her and she was like, what are you guys doing tonight? And we said, oh, no real plans. She said, let's go out to the night market together. And now we Facebook chatter all the time and then we go back to Chiang Mai and we see her all the time. So if you are looking to latch on to latch on to <laughs> latch on to a local uh, you know. <laughs> that sounds strange yeah but i mean if you are looking for that there's all types of ways to to get in contact with locals and then of course there's expat communities all over the place too i mean that's as easy as maybe even looking on facebook if you do that for expat communities in that city or that area if you're looking for people who might be like you if you're traveling it. around the world and working from everywhere do you know of a community that exists for that I I heard of something so we are, that we should mention that we are because we felt this way. We are launching a community called Location Indie. Jason and I and Heather's 
doing a ton of work with us as well with all the videos. And it is for people who live and work anywhere around the world or want to live and work anywhere around the world. But it's the fact that you need people to help support you and that there's going to be times that you feel lonely and it might not be travel burnout. It might be life burnout. It might be work burnout. And we decided that we knew the only way we got through some of our hardest struggles and really got better and leveled up in business and in travel was because we had each other and we knew some people who were doing the same thing. And we got a lot of people telling us that they didn't know anyone who was doing that and they wanted a place to go. And so we said, well, let's put another project on our plate here (laughs) and start this community. And it's almost ready to launch. So... Yeah, you can check it out, www.locationindie.com. At the very least, you'll see a ridiculous video of us dancing, (laughs) and there might be a weird hot tub shot at the end that I still can't figure out. So yeah, go check it out if you're interested. (laughs) Yeah, and if you guys have felt this before, I mean, always feel free also to send us an email, leave a comment on the bottom of this post. You know, a lot of people don't talk about it because it's the unsexy part of traveling. It's like, hey, what are the best things to do? Why is travel so great? And we love travel. We talk about why it's great. We've done 136 podcasts to date, and what, 135 of them have been about why travel is so great. We just wanted to step back a little bit and say, it is awesome, but there are going to be times you feel like this. And if you do, don't feel like you're the only one out there. We've all traveled a ton, and we're probably some of the biggest proponents in the world of of trying to get people to travel, but we still feel like this. Uh, everybody in this room, our mission is to inspire and help people travel in any way we can, whether they're doing it or not, in some way, shape, or form. So I, I agree. I mean, we're, we all are huge proponents of travel, like you said. So this isn't meant to be a downer. It's just meant to be a, hey, we're, I, I'm sure if you're listening and you've traveled a lot, you can relate to at least something we said here because I think everybody's been in this situation. It was a lot of fun talking about this with you guys. Yeah, we had to keep these therapy sessions rolling, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to check out the show notes, if you want to leave us a comment, that would be awesome. A lot of people leave us a comment on the relationships one where we opened up a little bit. That's why we decided to do this again and kind of open up about some of the struggles of traveling. Um, you can do that, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. You can find us there. Thanks again for our sponsors, Tortuga Backpacks of this show. Bring everything you need without checking a bag. You guys can head to Tortuga Backpacks. Com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters, get 10% off all your stuff. And of course, we're going to be giving everyone three shows. So at the end of each show, we now dig into the archives to tell you some shows that if you liked this one and you've made it this far in this show, here are some that you're also going to like because it's related to this topic in some way. So I'm going to give you guys a few of these shows here. EPOP episode 100, the big 100, From Couch Potato to Adventurer with Dave Cornthwaite. I thought this would be a good one because we talked about how we want to be home. And Dave tells his story of how he went from being a couch potato. He said, I never left home. I didn't do anything. I was so sedentary. And now he's one of the world's foremost adventure experts. He's doing all types of crazy trips around the world. So if you're listening to us and you're like, oh, dude, these guys are lame. Like, come on, get out <laughs> and travel. I need some inspiration. Yeah, I need some inspiration. Get out and travel more. Listen to EPOP 100. It's called From Couch Potato to Adventure with Dave Cornthwaite. And another one, the EPOP episode 114, Finding Your Travel Sweet Spot. And this is one that you and I did, right, Trav? That's when right. We kind of talked about how we changed our travel and finding like the best way for us to travel. 
Yeah, just how our style changed. And it went fr- and, and that kind of plays into this not getting burnt out. You have to realize maybe $2 hostels aren't for you anymore. Maybe that's they why They shouldn't be for anyone. <laughs> maybe that's why you're getting burnt out. Maybe you have to upgrade. That was a really a cool episode to to record as well. And the last one is EPOP 30. And that's full-time travel with Nora Dunn. Nora Dunn is the professional hobo. That's her site, theprofessionalhobo.com. She actually talks a little bit about this in that episode as well, because she spent, I think, seven years traveling full-time. And she brings up the topics of how have I been able to deal with this, both financially and emotionally and, and all the you know, traveling for how for that long, how have I been able to make it work? And so she brings up some of the same topics that we talk about and gives some really great advice on that. So guys, I really appreciate you coming on today, sharing so openly about a topic that we all feel, you know, at one time or another. Yeah, I have one more thought before we wrap this up, and that's the hardest times seem to be the times you talk about the most and that builds the most character within an individual, I think. And as much as a 20-hour bus ride and some crazy place where it's like you're miserable and the bathroom's dirty and some whatever crazy stuff happens, those are the things you bring back and that I think, for me, make me a better person, keep me filled with gratitude and keep me excited about traveling. And I guess those are the experiences that are the most memorable. I mean, nobody wants to hear when you're having margaritas on the beach. They want to hear about the crazy story you know, when you're not going to be able to turn it around the tough times. So, you know, the caveat to all of this is that I think the hardest times end up being the best times in many ways. Or the most rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. So if you drive your motorbike into a barbed wire fence in Thailand, <laughs> Who may- did that? maybe you remember that. What an or idiot. if you get stuck in Singapore because <laughs> your passport is too full and you're freaking out. You remember those times more than the margaritas, although the margaritas on the beach are pretty nice also. Pretty sweet, too. So what you're saying is this time, this seven days in the lair in Ocean City, New Jersey, you're going to remember because it was one of the hardest times. (laughs) We braved the winter here in Ocean City, New Jersey. This was a great time, and all we've done is been in this house and been to the convenience store and to the two restaurants that are open. And I've had a blast. Yeah, it's a little bittersweet to be leaving here. Mm-hmm. It gets a little boring, but we've had a fantastic time. And after we're done recording this podcast, we're actually going to pack up and leave. So bye-bye, Ocean City, New Jersey. Guys, thank you, of course, for tuning in today for all the support of the Extra Pack of Peanuts podcast. And until next time, happy, happy free travels. travels.